Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Because this is for our podcast, by the way. We do record these live shows. so They're available, edited down as a podcast, if you're wondering. Yes, if you're wondering. Um, but they probably weren't. No, they should be. They probably We post be. them every single day. Yeah, I mean, producer Shelby does a kick-ass job with them. Yeah, just search Let's Go There on the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available. Yeah. That's my um, promotional voice. But guess where I'm going to be this weekend? Oh, my God. Do tell. Essence Fest. Just for all the stalkers out there. <laughs> I don't care. There's going to be so many people in Essence Festival. You're not going to find Ryan in a crowd at all. No, you You don't stand out. I don't. (laughs) Not in the sea of black people. We all basically... (laughs) You don't. No, but seriously, I'm very, very excited about it. This weekend's going to be fun. Fourth of July weekend in New Orleans. I've never been. It's going to be such a blast. I'm excited for you. I'm going to make sure my first duty is to get off the plane and try a beignet. Oh, yeah. With powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. That's very good. It's very um, hot. I'm warning you, you, you might be sweating in every crevice of your body. Yeah, I, probably also oh. from having tons of sex. Oh, Ryan always, <laughs> by the way, prefaces before leaving town that he's going to have a ton of sex. And then he goes and he's like, no, there was no time. There was, was no time. tiring. <laughs> but uh, I did during my tel- uh, Tel Aviv, I did. What? And I'm still talking you to didn't? him. Yes, I talked Tell about me. it when I came here. Is he a I Jew? I tell you. No, he's a, he's a German. Okay. He, uh, so wait, you went to the Atlanta for the Jews and you met a German. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I forgot to. Yes, yes, yes it happened. It I'm open happen. to everyone, but that's um, And he's ironic. coming here in L.A. next month. Wait, what? Yeah. Randomly? Uh, who knows? Okay, well, we need to talk about that off air. That is so some delicious. tea, early tea. I love, uh, uh, what's what's the thing that they eat? Though? He's just like a, a white uh, German. A schnitzel. Is he a white German? Yeah, I know. He's actually Dominican. Which is so oh, interesting. Fascinating. I know. All right. I think he's Dominican. I may I may have just made that up. Maybe he's Colombian. Do you think he's gonna listen to the show and then know that you're gonna be going out like no, doing other things? He doesn't. I don't think our show go, gets there in Germany. Okay. But it's okay. Well, Maybe one day. I it will. love that for you, Muzzletov. Coming up on the show, we are covering today's last-minute January 6th hearings, as well as the SCOTUS ruling in favor of a high school coach allowing prayer in school sports. That is later on. But right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. VP Kamala Harris said that the White House isn't currently exploring the possibility of opening abortion clinics on federal lands in states that have banned the procedure. And it's an idea that progressives like AOC actually began pitching. 
I think that what is most important right now is that we ensure that the restrictions that the states are trying to put up um, that would prohibit a woman from exercising what we still maintain is her right, that we do everything we can to empower women to not only seek but to receive the care where it is available. Is a federal land uh, one of those options? I mean, it's not right now what we are discussing, but I will say that when I think about what is happening in terms of the states, we have to also recognize, Dana, that we are 130-odd days away from an election. Oh, stop. That Today was the first time I heard this theory. Someone said that like they did this so that they could get people energized to vote, which is disgusting. Like I hope that is not the case. Oh, That's like a weird conspiracy this? theory of the Democrats. That's a, done what, though? Like, allowed this to happen to get people all energized to vote. And I'm like, mm, That would be a dumb on. decision I know. if they It's did like that, a 50-year so. decision. Or 20, at least. I mean, well, they had what plenty are of some time. of those people going to Supreme Court judges? They had plenty of time to codify it. They wanted to. The VP also reaffirmed that the Biden administration is opposed to any states attempting to punish people for helping a patient travel to another state for an abortion. And she added that the Justice Department will challenge those laws in court. Well, that's a bit helpful, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to this really tragic story. At least 50 people are dead after dozens of migrants making their way to the U.S. were found trapped in a tractor trailer in southwest San Antonio. Monday evening. 46 people died at the scene and four people were later pronounced dead at area hospitals. San Antonio Police Chief William McManus said a worker at a nearby facility heard a person crying for help and found the trailer. Uh, McManus did say three people were arrested and the incident is now under federal jurisdiction with Homeland Security investigations. Really sad. And finally, Facebook is removing the posts of users who share status updates that say abortion pills can be mailed and in some cases temporarily banning those users. One user made a post that read, I will mail abortion pills to any one of you. Just message me, which resulted in the post getting flagged and the user being banned from the site. Vice tested this by posting the same sentence but replaced abortion pills with painkillers and no action was taken by Facebook. That was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Yo, uh, we may have a new um, really unexpected person deciding to run for president. It's time for your T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Oh. Oh, God. Cheers, favorite person. The whole reason why she loves radio. Howard Stern is thinking about running for president because... He just wants to overturn all this BS, he says. here Because he likes to talk and he has a platform to share his thoughts. Oh, I hope he doesn't cuss because I did not review this clip. But I found it. I found it because I do my due diligence. Robin, and I hate to say this, but but I said to her, I'm actually going to probably have to run for president now. And she goes, and then my wife so what happy. Happened? No, it, it goes into it goes into a like a, a you know text on screen type of situation. Got it. Um, but no, this is quite interesting because the fact that he really want he's thinking about this. I don't think we need him. I mean, he's also up there in age. He's sixty eight year old. He's you know sixty eight, and then also he has no political experience. Not that it seems to matter, but um, but I do want it to matter when yeah, we obviously. need people who are going to actually fight the right fight. And so Howard Stern um, does not need to be doing the Howard Stern show from the White House. Maybe he could wrangle the not from the Oval the Office white women and white men who seem to not want to do the right thing. Well, I mean, they you, do follow you're, him. You're first up. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not one of those. I do not align. <laughs> 
I did not, not sign about, up for this. It's not like we're talking about Joe Rogan. I mean, Howard Stern is kind of the worst as well, in my opinion. But he's no, not he's as bad gotten as Joe better. Rogan. He's definitely more. He's progressive. Let's. He's no, he, I would not. He's say liberal. He's, he's a Democrat. He's liberal. <sighs> he's like liberal version of Joe Rogan. Um, yeah. You know, it sounds like you added two things that. Could I blow have a up question. If he asked time. you to be on his show, would you go on? No, no, not on Howard Stern. I wouldn't. Because I think one, Howard Stern, I would go on. I don't think. Yeah, of course, you Joe would. Rogan, I of, wouldn't. Of course, you, you years would. ago, if you said Joe Rogan years ago, years ago, yeah, during his uh, Fear Factor phase, I was well, no, I was attracted it, to Joe Rogan when, when he was on Fear Factor. No, when his podcast, I loved it when he was sticking folks' faces and crickets and roaches. well, that. But even at the beginning of his podcast, when it was blowing up, no, I never. But then cared. it went off the deep end. Yeah, he's awful. Howard Stern, no way. What about Call Me Daddy Girl? No way. She's a bit. She's much. an idiot. She's an I don't get how Spotify has those two people as their leading podcasting. We could have a full this is a whole other thing. Okay, moving on. Well, yeah, can I close out the team report? <laughs> I don't know if I can finish the team report. Either way, Howard Stern. If you want to know more, head over to WeirdShowQ.com. We got more show coming up. What's up? Well, why is it so urgent that the House Committee hold a last-minute hearing? We're covering everything that happened on Capitol Hill today. Next, let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Another day of the January 6th hearings, and let me just say there was a stunning testimony uh, by a former aide to uh, President Donald Trump, and many were left speechless uh, during the first half of Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony, acknowledging to CNN that her testimony was a bombshell with uh, potentially huge repercussions to Trump. And let me say, here's just a clip of what we are going to be diving into because this testimony was wild. And this was a surprise testimony. They they uh, ordered this 24 hours without giving really anyone any notice. The committee did. And so um, they actually really, wow, here's a clip. Something to the effect of take the effing mags away. They're not here to hurt me. Let them in, let my people in. They can march to the Capitol after the rally's over. They can march from, they can march from the ellipse. Take the effing mags away. Then they can march to the Capitol. So, okay. jo- so joining us um, uh, to break all of this down is Post Politics uh, now anchor Mariana Alfaro. Thank you so much for joining the show. I know you have tons to say. Hi, yeah, good to be back. Uh, what a hearing! <laughs> yeah, this is this hearing. Like I mentioned, was a surprise hearing. They did not plan on coming back until July, right? So, talk yeah. to us about this hearing because they really felt the urge that everyone needed to to know what needed to be said in this during this testimony. Yeah, we kind of got news of this hearing very last minute yesterday. They usually, give us like a heads up. Um, and, and also just list who was going to be on the witness stand that day. And yesterday, this was out of the blue, I think. Um, another outlet uh, found out later in the night that it was going to be um, Cassidy, who, um, again, she's a 26 or 25-year-old uh, former aide. She was very close to Mark Meadows and, you know, was she had she had his ear. He was, She was there for all of this. And so... Um, to get her on the stand, you know, she had already been collaborating with the committee. She had uh, spoken to them uh, on the film testimony. I think it was four times. Um, and stuff that she said previously uh, that we found out during the other hearings was very shocking already. She's the one who said, um, you know, these are the uh, Republican lawmakers who asked to be put on the list of pardons. Um, she just was there, you know, for all these things. She was, um, you know, taking notes, uh, taking calls, uh, trying to talk Mark Meadows out of doing things. Um, and again, this is a 25-year-old, 26-year-old 
uh, who was just there in the room as all of this happened. And she had a lot to say today. Yeah, I mean, it is really wild. Uh, another one of the uh, bits of information we discover that's being shared everywhere is the fact that he lunged at a Secret Service steering wheel of the vehicle mm-hmm. when told he couldn't go to the Capitol. So, I mean, with all that mm-hmm. said, while this is damning and, and sur- well, not really surprising, does mm-hmm. it really bring up any legalities? Like, could this be the thing that gets him charged, really? Or is it just something mm-hmm. that continues to uh, bring him down? That's the thing, um, because, again, the committee doesn't have the power to, you know, prosecute or criminally file any charges. But we are already seeing the results of what we're seeing uh, live on these hearings uh, affect um, the people who were involved from a Justice Department perspective. I don't know if you saw, but... Uh, one of Trump's lawyers, uh, John Eastman, yesterday was revealed that the FBI sized his phone. And, you know, he's been the one at the center of a lot of the hearings um, as coming off as a person who was pushing uh, for uh, Trump, um, this idea of the, of the fake electors. He was the one that was trying to get Mike Pence uh, to accept these fake electors and, and use as an excuse to not validate the vote on January 6th. So we are seeing these consequences. Again, the DOJ is doing its own thing. But I do think that they um, are, are seeing this evidence and, and kind of running to their own conclusions and deciding that they, you know, there's new paths towards the investigation. But yeah. what we did see, you know, here today from uh, from Cassidy was just all of this show of emotion from Trump that day. He tried to, you know, uh, he attacked a, a Secret Service agent. He threw his lunch at the wall. You know, there was ketchup dripping like that. I think that's an image that we can all take from this year. And, and so it's it just painting a picture that, all these people who are refusing to talk to the committee, there's a reason why. And I think that they're slowly appealing on all of these players. Yeah. And I just wonder, especially knowing this, at the side of Trump that we felt probably knew was there, but the picture that was painted, Mm -hmm. I wonder now, how do they, how does this committee protect the witnesses? Because even Mm -hmm. uh, the witnesses were being told that Trump does read the transcripts and it's like, he's Mm -hmm. watching. It feels kind of threats around this, this moment. So how do you even protect Mm -hmm. these witnesses who are really risking everything for this moment? Yeah. And that's honestly a, a big question right now. I think everyone is kind of worried about this, uh, you know, the, the specific safety of, of this um, aide because she, again, put the Oath Keepers on last. She mentioned all these, like, white supremacist alt-right groups on the stand. And so, I mean, I, I definitely hope, I, I'm not really sure what the situation is there, but I'm pretty sure she is getting some sort of security. Uh, just because, again, this is something that we're all watching. And She's very early in her career. She was very deep into the Trump world. Like, this is not someone who randomly got an internship at the White House. She was there for a while. She worked for Ted Cruz uh, before that. And so there must be some level of protection for her because I think that she um, was one of the people that might have been told by the Trump camp, like, don't, you know, you must remain loyal to the president. Like, I know you're in a position tomorrow. You know, all these messages that they closed the hearing with, um, she might have been one of the ones to receive them. But we know that a lot of people in Trump world uh, might have probably received um, some sort of coded warning of being like, you must stay loyal to the president. We're watching. Yeah. And so um, that might be stopping a lot of people from coming forward. And I think that her putting herself on the stand and on, on the spotlight today uh, might encourage others to come forward too. And finally, when is the next hearing? What can we expect moving forward? Yes, yeah, so <laughs> there is no set schedule right now. I actually was um, exchanging some emails with um, Adam Schiff and I asked him about that, and he was like, oh. no, I, I would rather just leave that to, like, the chairman um, and, and chairwoman. There is just no uh, set linear 
uh, situation right now. I know that they're hoping to have more in July. At least I expect at least two more hearings. Uh, but given all the evidence that they're getting, um, there there might just surprises with a few more. Um, well, yeah, thank you. Look all at right. Mariana talking to Adam Schiff. <laughs> well, yeah, we go right to the source. <laughs> Caesar it took a while to get him back. <laughs> Hey, it's impressive. Mariana Alfaro, thank you as always for joining us from the Washington Post. Thank you so much. How are you doing? Next up, first abortion, now prayer. Is the separation of church and state about to be knocked down by the Supreme Court? More next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The Supreme Court ruled yesterday that a former Washington State high school football coach had a right to pray on the field immediately after games. It was a 6-3 to three ruling, and it was a victory for Joseph Kennedy, who claimed that the Bremerton School District violated his religious freedom by telling him he couldn't pray so publicly after the games. And the district also said it was trying to avoid the appearance that the school was endorsing a religious point of view. Back with us right now is political commentator Jackie Coppell. Jackie, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Um, you know, what does this say about the, the say about the future of church and state? Have we finally gone off the deep ends? Are we past that? Uh, I, <laughs> I think it, it says probably exactly what you think it does, which is the, the separation is going to get a little bit muddied. Um, the court has of late in the past few years sort of really shown that they care more uh, about religious freedom than, than perhaps the separation of church and state. And that is part of what Justice Sotomayor had called out in her opinion. Uh, she's obviously she and the other two liberal justices are obviously very concerned that uh, that that's the case. Yeah, I, I can't help but think about, obviously, the news that dropped, uh, you know, overturning Roe v. Wade and how all of this is connected. And and it's it's one of those things where these new justices that have that went through the hearings and swore that, you know, Roe v. Wade was a precedent. It, it feels like are we ever going to get to the place where we question like we see Democrats wanting to like question them and hold investigations on the fact that. They lied. Well, I think that's a, that, I mean, a an interesting question, but b there's there's sort of no precedent for that, right? I mean, the thing with the Supreme Court is that's a lifetime position. So once you're there, we don't really there's not really a used mechanism to to get someone uh, off the bench. I think in history, I think it's been done. Admittedly, not 100 positive, but I think um, there have been one or two justices, maybe, who have been impeached. Um, but don't quote me on that, right? Yeah. I, I actually don't know definitively. Yeah. That's what I'm recollecting. Uh, it is very, very hard to do. And, y- you know, you could say, well, you know, Roe v. Wade specifically, I, I, I was referring to that specific case. You know, I'm sure there are a lot of arguments that they can make. Look, they're, they're, on, they're on the court. They hear arguments all the time. They'll certainly come up with whatever they feel they need to to justify the decisions and that they've made. Yeah, I mean, then... Prayer and then kneeling, taking, you know, uh, kneeling down during something like the national anthem, uh, that would be freedom of speech, too, and a right to protest. But yet we've seen what that did um, in the NFL. I guess, where will this take things? Does this mean everyone? I mean, I'm not against people praying and doing their thing, by the way. Like, if you are practicing your religion, like, great, don't put it on me. Yeah, but the crazy thing is that they're only wanting one religion, which is a Protestant religion, which is a Christian religion. If they're Buddhist, or any other folks who sell who like you know are, are other types of religions they wouldn't allow well it. that's what I'm wondering what uh, how will this influence other religions and what we'll see moving forward well I think you're you're saying the, the quiet part out loud right is if this was a, a Muslim football coach or a Jewish football coach 
would the court have come to the same conclusion? And that remains to be seen. And I would imagine that will actually now come up, right? You're going to see people say, all right, well, if, if that's really the case, then I have a right to practice my religion in what may seem like a public forum. But for me, it was a private practice, which is in effect what this coach you know, had said. Again, the counter to that is if it's a public school, uh, then then you are talking about uh, separation between church and state, potentially. But again, the court just ruled that that's, that, that is not as important as the, the right to you know express your religion freely. So uh, I think it'll be really interesting and when, then, you know, justice has made this decision, were they yeah. thinking about all religions or were they focused really on one? Exactly. And then what implications does it have beyond prayer, right, when you're talking about religion? I mean, I think what we're seeing with this court is that the the things we we thought were set in stone and the precedents that we thought were were precedents uh, may not actually be. And so we don't know what this may open the door to. But it, if it would not surprise me, because keep in mind, it, there was this uh, religious ruling, but also um, one regarding Maine and money that could be public money that could be then spent uh, on uh, religious schools. And the Supreme Court ruled that that money could go to religious schools. That's public taxpayer money going to a religious institution. Again, yeah. what what went out was the religion. So I think I think we're certainly heading down that road more and more. Yeah, and I, I think what's really interesting and kind of where we should probably end this conversation is a, a lot of voters are trying to figure out, well, what do they do now that this is like a federal like kind of law, especially when it comes to Roe v. Wade and, and things have been turned. Is, is there something that they should be focused on state level that would make this, you know, us to at least be able to fight at some point? Uh, for our rights in the, in the different ways that we kind of see them being overturned in these moments? So I think the best thing to do, and I know we all sound like broken records, but the most important thing you can do is vote. Whatever On whatever side of, of these issues you're on, you have to vote because that's how there's a trickle-down effect, right? These justices, if you're in favor of them or not, what happened was that these justices were put in place by a Republican president, three of them by Donald Trump, and he was elected you know, yes, that's a national election, but these things have a way of trickling down. And so even even school board elections are important. If for no other reason, aside from the fact that they obviously dictate the, those local school boards, oftentimes those leaders become your local council person or assembly person or state senator, and then they run for Congress or then they run for U.S. Senate, right? So what we want to do is you want to make sure you're electing from the top of the ticket to the bottom. Again, whether you're Republican or Democrat, you want to make sure you're voting in all elections because that is the, that is really the tool that we have, whatever whoever you agree with, to to affect change. And that's exactly what happened when it comes to you know cases like Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Well, Jackie Copel, thank you again for joining us. We have to wrap this up. We could do a whole episode on this. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Again, that was Jackie Copel, political comment- commentator. And next up. We're uh, switching gears. This TikToker's date disappeared for 45 minutes. What would you do in this situation? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Let's talk about this TikTok video that is a lot of people talking. Uh, this user, Hannah, filmed a short video of herself sitting on her date's couch with the words on the video. Can you be stood up at their house? Like you went in there and it's been 45 minutes of silence. She added in the caption to the clip, I'll wait for 30 more minutes, then I'll leave. LOL. IDK where he was. Was he upstairs? 
Where was he? He went into his bedroom and just closed the door. Oh, that's and just, awkward. And just left her sitting on the couch. That and, is someone who's an avoidant. And according is to... It? Yeah. Well, there's, there's more to it. Well, according to her, she was waiting for him to come back because they were supposed to go out somewhere. Yeah. And then after 45 minutes, he just never returned. So um, Maybe he was like, you know, getting, you know, you know how, okay, this may be TMI, but before, uh, for uh, so people who identify as men, um, cis men, they, before they go on a date, they, oh, yeah. they do a little something, 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 something before. Mm-hmm. So they can like not be as horny yeah, of course. During the actual day. So maybe that he took 45 minutes to do it and, you know. That's typically something you do before the person shows up. Well, you never know. Sometimes people's freak flag and, flies. But did he ever show up? Well, there's more. At this point, I wanted to be like, what would you do at this point? 45 minutes, he hasn't returned. I would not I be would, sitting in a yeah, stranger's no. house for 45 minutes. Well, I think I would be worried. Like, So if this is someone I, I was would. dating for a bit. If this was a new person, I'd be like, um... I'm going to leave or wait yeah. in the car. I don't know. I would leave. Even you if he leave. was like passed if, out upstairs, I would leave. Well, if like I would knock on the door and I would open it to see what if they the person got hurt or took their life. And that's when the, the murder mystery starts because now mm-hmm. you are the first person suspect in his dead trial. Well, there was a comment on the video that said this means you're supposed to follow him. So, oh, gross. Uh-huh. so what no. did she do? She waited another 30 minutes, went Is to his bedroom, desperate? opened his door. Lo and behold, he's naked on the bed. Gross. Oh, oh. so he was ready. To, I told he you. Kept saying, hey, I'm waiting for you. Like, what was this like? That's hot. Like, no, no, no. It's not hot when someone. It's kind of hot. Why was, was he waiting that long? I know. He it shouldn't have waited that. He shouldn't no, have waited sorry, that long. No, I'm sorry. That is awkward and weird. It's kind of hot. No, if anything, it's like, I'm know, going I'm to the bedroom. So why don't you come in 10 minutes and say hi? Yeah, I wish there would have been better or, communication. Yes, yeah, better think. communication. But still pretty hot. Just saying. No, this guy has a communication problem. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com/odyssey. 
podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, we are back. Thanks for hanging out with us right here on Channel Q. More music coming up, but right now we've got some more show for you. When is the right time to get a COVID vaccine since new variants and new vaccines are being developed? Did you know that? I mean, we've got new info for you, just saying. Mm -hmm. And is being too nice a bad thing? I don't know. Great questions. I don't know. We all need answers, Uh, too. That's coming up also. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour right now. Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado has gone uh, viral for saying that there shouldn't be a separation of church and state and that the church should actually control the state. And here she is at the Cornerstone Christian Center in Basalt, Colorado. The reason we had so many overreaching regulations in our nation is because the church complied. The church is supposed to direct the government. The government is not supposed to direct the church. That is not how our founding fathers intended it. And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk that's not in the Constitution. It was in a stinking letter, and it means nothing like what they say it does. Someone needs to go watch Hamilton. (laughs) I I mean, seriously, that is exactly what our founding fathers ran away from because they didn't want the church running them, so they came and created democracy. It's because like also not history. everyone goes to church. No. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like we're not talking about our founding representation fathers. for all of us. Our founding fathers that. wanted that. And yes, they you know, our founding fathers were complicated oh men, but Can... they wanted that. And so the fact that she's trying to do this revisionist history, clearly she's never read a book in her damn life, except for ones probably ran by cults. You know, it would be really interesting if we found, like, some sort of medium to go back to the Founding Fathers and be like, what do you think about this? And, like, communicate what they think. Yeah, I guess if you believed in mediums. Let's do it. I think that then we could give that evidence to But how do you, like, everyone. that's what I'm saying. Like, how do we know Just if the medium fun. works? Just like, or, or SNL should do a sketch. I don't know. Yeah, or, I feel like it's more of an SNL sketch. Hey, I... I'm intrigued. Someone who's into this stuff, go to get a medium, talk to the founding fathers, see what they have to say about what's happening. What they really meant by everything they created. I don't know if I necessarily believe in mediums, but I believe in people I do. Like, I believe. Like, that read tarot cards. But we should have mediums. a medium come on our show to talk to the founding fathers. This is a great segment. How do we know that Shelby, medium is not like- We're going to get like a celebrity medium, like someone who's known- and we're going to talk but to the founding fathers. that medium fathers. could still could, uh, exist this in their own This is a great idea. We should get the Long Island medium. Exactly. Thank TLC. you, Shelby. These are bad ideas. Go to the source. <laughs> this is great. I mean, you'd want to tune into this. This no, is I, good I radio. Actually, I think we uh, we got hit up a while ago to there have you go. a medium on our show. Moving on. Next headline here today. Jelaine Maxwell was sentenced to 20 years in prison today for carrying out a years-long scheme with Jeffrey Epstein to sexually abuse under 
underage girls. Maxwell was convicted in December of five counts, including sex trafficking of a minor, transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, and three related counts of conspiracy. She did not testify in her defense during the trial, but today she spoke in court to the victim shortly before the sentence was handed down. She said to them, I am sorry for the pain you've experienced. May this day help you travel from darkness into the light. And finally, some Texas abortion clinics can, for now, resume normal operations without the threat of criminal prosecution under a temporary restraining order granted by Judge Christine Weems. She issued an order during a hearing in a lawsuit filed on behalf of abortion providers across the state, and the order applies only to the abortion providers behind the lawsuit. Which, I mean, that judge doing God's work in that way, um, (laughs) if we're going to bring God in, (laughs) she's a hero. That will go down in history, the people that did the right thing. But that was what's trending this hour, what's happening in entertainment news. All right, so um, friend of the show, Daniel Franzese. Um, you know, from Mean Girls. I see him, you know, all over my Instagram. He always has these pictures tanning with his butt and all that. Are you, are, that was the last you, picture I saw. Of his, He's looking of good. his body? Well, he was t- doing a picture. and you know, he, little... He's won like Thirst Trap Awards. Like people love his body. I didn't realize this. Sexy. So I guess I am aligned with where he's headed. Like the strategy's <laughs> working. Sometimes I just want to turn off her mic, everyone. <laughs> um, no, but um, basically Daniel is um, revealing details about him, be- um, about him forcing himself into conversion therapy. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Of all places, he spoke to Page Six about this. Um, and uh, he recalls being brainwashed into cutting ties with his mother's uh, his mother while undergoing conversion therapy at 21 years old. Um, he told uh, Page Six exclusively that he forced himself into the practice, um, aiming to convert him from being homosexual to heterosexual because he didn't want to be gay and didn't know what to do. Though he felt lovingly tolerated by his Catholic and Pentecostal Christian family, it was, quote, the world around him that Daniel says made him, quote, feel like being gay was not okay. Um, he says the conversation led to a falling out with his mom, to whom he didn't speak to for two months. He felt confused and alone while his mom, um, he says, was so hurt but the comedian remembers in vulgar detail the session that made everything click. Um, like, literally. He he just goes on to talk about this experience, and especially it's coming on the, head, uh, the, the heels of his forthcoming play. It's called Italian Mom Loves You. He also performs stand-up comedy shows across the United States and co-hosts Yes Jesus, a faith and sexuality-affirming comedy podcast that believes you don't have to pick between gay and God. You know, Daniel's been on the show plenty of times. Yes. Yeah. And I uh, enjoy it every second, every He's time great. he comes on. We should have him on again. I know. I think he should, like, tell us exclusively yeah, about Yeah, come this. on. Why is he Why telling tell other page people? six? That's, like, such a strange outlet. All right. Well, that's your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour. After this, is being too nice a bad thing? We dive in. Oh, can't wait to talk yeah, about let's that. let's go there. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Let's talk about people pleasers because we have a few in the studio. I think each of us, uh, we have our own version of that in different I, ways. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe. You've even said before <clears throat> you can, you you do it in a different way. I don't remember that, so I don't know if I can take your word for that. But yep. I, I feel- explain it in a moment. <laughs> 
We didn't want an expert, so now I'll be the expert. No, no. We're going to have a beautiful conversation about people pleasing because we came across this article that talked about fawning, which fawning, this word is something new to me, but fawners are people pleasers will be deeply attached to the idea of being overly nice because often the belief is that by being nice that that will protect me against unpleasant situations with friends or families, and that's according to a psychotherapist. Um, Also, they said that fawning involves consistently abandoning your own wants and needs to serve others to avoid conflict, criticism, or disapproval. How do we feel about this in the studio? Oh my God. Sounds like, well, you know, I I mean, that sounds like the basis of being Canadian, like Canadian. (laughs) That really sounds like the basis of being Canadian. We don't want criticism or approval or conflict. Well, you know what? We're around our neighbors who get enough of that, so we don't want to be like them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. All right. But, uh, you know, I I think this, yeah, this typically comes up with people who've dealt with, you know, traumatic um, pasts or um, when they were younger. And by the way, trauma is a spectrum, right? Like, we, you know, you don't need to have the worst type of trauma to still have some trauma. Uh, but I think that, you know, in my case, divorced family, maybe parents that needed my, you know, I saw that their lives were chaotic. I wanted to be good for them, right? I wanted to make sure I was doing my best. And so... You know, I can make their lives easier. And yeah, so one less thing to worry about. With, with that, sometimes you you stop getting a sense of like actually your needs because you're always worrying and aware of the needs of others. Mm-hmm. Also, if you live in a traumatic or, um, a, you know, chaotic household, you're aware of all your surroundings. So you start being so aware that you're not aware of yourself at all in that. And so that yeah. this will come out. Um, in adulthood and it's uh, the obvious things like over apologizing being hyper aware of what others think having an inability to set boundaries avoiding as you mentioned criticism conflict disapproval but then also on the other side and I would love to know where it comes up for you, Ryan. Oh, I was wondering when you were going to ask another question. Should we ask... Well, no, first you, and then... Well, let's produce that. We've all both answered. No, but you didn't say how it comes up for you. Well, I think for me, people-pleasing isn't like necessarily a thing that I I do, but I do think it, it was at some point... Uh, a part of my life and the ways that I adapt to my environment. That's kind of the ways that I explained it, right? Uh, and adapting to your environment is a, is a powerful tool to have because you can go into any situation and kind of assimilate. Um, but I think that comes with this idea of like even trauma that I experienced when I was younger growing up and and also like what Shira said, not wanting to be the issue, not wanting to be the problem. And if you have parents who have dealt with certain heavy things, like you're the last person, you're the last thing that yeah. you want them to worry about. And so for me, like I, that has like uh, kind of been my superpower, but then it also can be my kryptonite. And um, it, it, it's one of those things where I feel like now I'm learning to understand that if relationships are, if things are not going to work out or if there's some, somewhat of a conflict or whatever, there's an opportunity to work through things, but then also there's an opportunity to let things go. And sometimes I think with people pleasing, there's a, this in, 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 inherent ability to say, well, I just want to be so nice that I want to hold on to this relationship because I don't want to ruffle uh, any Attachment? Judgments. No, you also there's want control. No, it's yeah. control. Yeah. Because you want it on your terms. And I want to hear from Shelby. There was something that came up in my head recently that was really an aha moment, which is so obvious that mm-hmm. happened recently for me, is 
you don't need to explain yourself. No. Like a lot of times I'll be like, well, either I'm, I'm running late because blah, 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 or I can't make it this because of blah, blah, blah. Wow. And you're like, what? But not sometimes you could just say this is happening in my life and this is how I'm showing up and I apologize. Okay. And you don't need to explain yourself this whole story and all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it you doesn't matter. Lost me, but you got me back in. That was good. <laughs> but then also, yeah. I mean, it could be it could relate to anything. It could be relate to that or, you know, just just, you know, deciding something for you and choosing something for yourself and just leaving it at that. Like no one needs to know why or how you got to that. Right. Yeah. But a lot of times you feel the need to do that to like get them to understand you. Right. Get them on your side or something like that. Instead of just being clear about who you are and what you're doing. Shelby. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um <laughs> There's a lot happening here. This is not a great conversation for me today. Oh. We didn't ask. This is non-consensual. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did pick the story. Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean Shelby wants to be included. No. Actually, you can practice not people-pleasing right now by not being in this. You don't have to. You can turn around. We can have have a lot to add. I just want to say, like, I've always been a people-pleaser. I'm always one to, like, put my needs aside um, because I specifically with like romantic relationships I always just dive in and then neglect myself and I recognize that's a problem in me um but I I do think I'm getting better at communication and at um standing up for myself I've always been always been so passive because I don't like drama I don't Mm. like conflict Mm. um but now I'm getting more comfortable with myself to stand up for myself but I I can't say I think that just comes with also age. Yeah. Like it comes mm-hmm. with life experience. Being comfortable in your own skin, knowing yeah. that everything's going to be okay, knowing that. And I, actually yeah. having like, having all the outcomes. So if you have a bad outcome, at least you learn from it. If you yeah. have a good outcome where you're like standing up for yourself and people are like, oh, now we know what where the boundaries set. Guess what? You, you've you now kind of reaffirmed yourself in that ability of being able to express yourself in the ways that you need to that can also still set boundaries for the rest of the people around you, which is mm-hmm. awesome. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's why age, like, that's I was talking to someone also younger than me last week, um, a what woman. Aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of young people around me. I'm very fortunate, actually. Because yeah. it accused me, like, in, in tune with what's, hit, what's going on. But I, one thing I did tell this young woman, I said, this is the great thing about getting older as a woman. You know, you hear a lot of the kind of the negative things, like, you know, your boobs droop and, like, you know, you get wrinkles, which can be a negative for some people. I'm just saying. But you hear the <laughs> negatives, right, about what happens. And I said what's beautiful, and this is what doesn't get t- talked about, is the confidence you build in actually yourself and your decisions and, and the fact that you really understand who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And you get to st- stand by that versus feeling like, oh, I'm not sure about what other people think or maybe you feel like people aren't taking you seriously. If that happens, you're like, F them because, like, I know my stuff i can't swear on this yeah. so i'm just beeping myself Appreciate but you know what i mean it's like that's a beautiful thing and that does mm-hmm. come with age and experience yeah and with responsibility too like the older you get obviously the more responsibilities you take on and then like personally taking on responsibilities gives me more confidence and like decision making and leading and exactly. you know just being responsible for myself and for other things yeah so, so don't be a fawner everyone I hate yeah. that name just call it yeah, people no. pleasing yeah. whoever yeah. came up with that should really there's a lot of words called ethosaurus is there for a reason yeah I hate that but what's coming up next we gotta move on when should we be getting our COVID vaccine stick around to find out the boosters 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As Of course, as we know, COVID-19 vaccines continue to be highly effective at preventing hospitalization and death. It has become clear that it's not as effective with the new variant and wanes over time. So should you be getting the booster now or when? Joining us from Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security is Dr. Imesh Adalja. Thanks again for being here. I guess the question on everyone's minds is, should we get the booster now or wait until the fall? It all depends on who's asking. Because if you're somebody that is high risk, maybe because you're elderly or you have diabetes or asthma, those types of people should be up to date with their boosters. And if it's time for them to get boosted, even though it's not the the best vaccine to keep getting boosted with in terms of its efficacy, it's still something you should do if you're at high risk for hospitalization. If you're an average risk person, somebody who doesn't have any uh, any conditions that put you at uh, in jeopardy of needing to be hospitalized, then I do think it's it's better to probably wait to get an updated vaccine if one if one appears in, in the fall if one is developed in the fall. So it really comes comes down to what your risk factors are for severe disease on the timing of the boosters. Yeah, I just wonder why we're still having like why is this question still being posed? Like why are we still talking about it in this way? as if it feels like we're talking about it when the, fir- the conversation first came up about getting your booster shot. Like, why are we still having these conversations, do you think? I think it's because the booster policy has been very muddled in the United States because I think I've been, I've been one of the people that have thought that, that, thought that boosters really should be targeted towards high-risk individuals and that boosting healthy people to get a transient temporary benefit uh, against mild disease really didn't make sense. But none of that was sort of articulated back in in the early days of the booster campaign. And because of that, I think there's a lot of confusion over who needs a booster, what value do boosters have. And the message of high risk people needing to be boosted is really diluted because every because you you had the president talking about everybody getting a booster. And we we have lower rates of boosting in people that are at high risk. And then we've got younger people who have high rates of boosting who don't have those same risk factors. So a lot of it got muddled because there just wasn't clear guidance in and clear uh, messaging coming from the White House and the CDC. Do you think it'll just become like the flu shot? It'll be like you go to the doctor and you get the flu shot and the COVID shot. And then in the end, it means like you might get it, but you at least will get a a lesser version of it, just like the flu. Is that where we're looking at moving forward? I don't know that we can say that for sure, because we don't know what the frequency would be uh, in terms of how often you needed to be boosted if boosting is only for high risk people. All of those things remain to be seen. In the next couple of days, there are going to be meetings uh, with public health experts at the government talking about what the optimal booster policy will be, whether or not there is a need to update the vaccines and all of that. So I think this is something that's still evolving. I don't think we have quite nailed it down yet. So basically, because we have this talk and you kind of answered this, obviously. I said both of us, like, are you going to get the booster, Ryan? I'm getting it until I can't get it anymore. Is there a max or where what's healthy and not healthy? No, I just think that you have diminishing returns if you keep getting boosted with the same version of the of the vaccine, and of and you're at low risk for severe disease. Are, so I are, think if you've got a high risk condition, uh-huh. you should be keeping up to date. So are they going to adjust it maybe so that with that you would get a new version of it? That's what's on the table. That that both Pfizer and Moderna are thinking of updating the vaccine to include Omicron in, in the vaccine. And that would make sense because our current vaccines are not very good at preventing infection with Omicron. They're still very good at preventing serious illness, hospitalization and death. But if healthy people are wanting to get boosted or if you're interested in 
and decreasing your chances of getting infected, you need a new version of the vaccine. Well, yeah, there, it seems like there are conversations about new vax, like vaccines, like no, Novavax. Um, I don't know if you know much about that, but it seems like there are like kind of new companies coming up with newer versions of the vaccine. And you think about kind of that mix and matching of it all. And it's like, all right, what are you supposed to do? So there's a Novavax is a new vaccine that's not FDA approved yet, but on the cusp. But remember, it's still directed against the ancestral strain of COVID-19. What we're talking what I'm talking about in this situation with boosters is updating the vaccines to change the, the spike protein to make it more reflective of Omicron and less reflective of the ancestral strain from Wuhan. That's what we're talking about is changing the strains, not, not all the different technologies that are out there between Moderna, Pfizer, J&J, Novavax, AstraZeneca, all of those. That's still, they're all still directed against the old version of the virus. That's, that's what yeah. this policy meeting in the next couple of days is going to be about is updating the vaccines to target more modern variants versus what was in the past. All right. Well, that was again, Dr. Amesh Adalja from Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Thank you again. What's up next, Ryan? Well, coming up next, why we should stop asking how people are when making small talk. Yep. Honestly, I hate small talk. So this one is for me. Coming up next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Does it bother you when someone says, how are you? Oh, my gosh. Especially when they don't mean it. Well, this is a big question that was brought up recently in an article on CNBC. <laughs> why, Researchers just, are why, saying why, from why, Harvard. Hey, why was that such a, why did you laugh at that? What stop was, asking, how are you? <laughs> they say this is what successful people do when making small talk, because that's usually the default, right? And actually that. something that, that. I, that I recently started doing a bit is how are you feeling? First of all, you stole that from me. No, I actually, that's Chris. That's my boyfriend. <laughs> no. No, my boyfriend actually does we that. We were doing it in the was middle not of you. quarantine. Oh, no, it's not. That's we, not it. it. it that was, I'm talking about real life, Can not I? interviews no. on the. In general, we were You said, how are you doing right now? We were doing checking. a check-in. <laughs> <laughs> That's not we what were I do. Checking it with people, and I literally said, "Well, how are you? How are you? How are you feeling right now?" And literally, Sherry was like, "Oh my god, I love that you did that." And ever since then, she started doing it. And so now, it's and so not now actually. It's her thing. It wasn't actually from Ryan. It was actually something that my partner does. I did this in 2020. She wasn't dating Chris during that time. So somehow, you know, great minds think alike, obviously. <laughs> and the two men in my life both do the same thing. So kudos to you. No, but it really does feel like more of a Chris thing because I don't do it anymore. Okay, so it was I don't, just I don't, during the, the heat of the well, pandemic. Because it was, it was a tough time. And, and sometimes I feel like how are yous are just insincere. People well, are just wanting to be like, yeah. good. It's so, a rhetorical question. You know, yeah, here's the thing. When, uh, when you're... Uh, at like a restaurant or a server or yeah, even with work, sometimes I actually um, try to say it back because a lot of times people don't expect it back. How are you? Great. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you didn't think I was going to ask back, you know? Yeah, I mean, but are you expecting, when you actually ask, depending on it's a time and a place thing. Yeah, totally. Are you actually wanting a a thoughtful, well-answered like question? 
I mean, I answer. think that I do, but it's like it can't be too long, right? So, <laughs> so you no, know because it depends on the time and place. If you're like, you know, cocktails, a lot of people around, or like you're on a what work if that's call. Just you connecting with someone. I know, but if it's obvious that you're like, there's a lot happening, or you're in the middle of work, sometimes I'll be like, what's up? And sometimes it's like, you know, it's a hard time. Oh, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. You know, like maybe I'm, and I'll be like, Oh, is there anything specific happening that I could support you with? Well, this, this, and that. Okay, great. Well, let's check in and talk more when we have some time. You know what I mean? But then that just, no one's actually going to recheck in being like, you know, I literally wanted us to talk about this. Or this something, thing it's like, let's me. learn as a people how to ask, if you do say, how are you, how to answer back in, you know, uh, a way that feels authentic to us, but that isn't, you know, simplifying things, you know, in a way, or just being generic. So you could say, I'm having some issues with my partner. I'm having some, yeah, my kid is, you know, having some issues at school. I don't know. You never know when what someone can help. What if we change the question? What if we don't say, how are you? What if we ask people, what was their favorite, what was the favorite thing about your day to day? I mean, what if it was the beginning of the day? <laughs> okay, so here's what, wait, here's what researchers say. Okay. To use the ACT trick to start a connection. Uh, oh, this is ACT, gross. authenticity, connection. There's a topic that will give them a taste of who you are. So some of the questions might be, what's your current state of mind? What are you looking forward to this week? Kind of like or be, or be a millennial and ask what your sign is. That's yeah. like the first thing I ask nowadays. I'd be like, when's your birthday? The problem is with that is sometimes if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I'll be like, oh, I don't know what that is connected to. I don't know. Um, someone, this question is weird from this article. You remind me of a celebrity, but I can't remember which one. Who's someone you relate to? Who wrote this? Uh, that's what I'm saying. You want to read what researcher says instead well, of just telling please. us like our experiences. But we got to go. You know that, right? Be in the moment and observe your surroundings. Okay. I like that, actually. Well, that is actually a good one. But and we have to leave. share some news that actually happened. We have to leave. You can go to CNBC.com for this article and more. <laughs> All right. Next up on the show, what Whoopi Goldberg had to say to Clarence Thomas. I wonder if she, she was as good as Lori Lightfoot. That clip was great let's go there with shira and ryan channel q welcome back to the show and stick around for more music here on channel q but right now let's get into it because we have a lot coming up what are medical professionals doing to support the health of lgbtq individuals we have optim health joining us to discuss that we're also going to be talking about sex and how people's relationships with it might be changing in a post-row world first let's do some what's trending this hour right now in an episode of The View on Monday, Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg, criticized Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas for his opinion published alongside the decision where he suggested the court should revisit the cases that guaranteed the rights to same-sex marriage and contraception. Oh, we, we remember that. It's hard to miss it. It's pretty, uh, we, we would like to put it away somewhere where we can't remember it anymore. But here is what Whoopi had to say about that. Well, you better hope that they don't come for you, Clarence, and say you should not be married to your wife who happens to be white. Because they will move that. And you better hope that nobody says, you know, well, you're not in the Constitution. You're back to being a quarter of a person. Because that's not going to work either. More. Uh, Yeah, well, the justice as Goldberg mentioned his wife is white, has been accused of hypocrisy for neglecting to suggest this right should also be placed on the chopping block. So really tragic stuff, what came out after an already tragic moment. Now, uh, more 
crazy news to come out. At least three people were killed and a dozen more injured after an Amtrak train traveling from L.A. to Chicago with 243 passengers aboard struck a dump truck and derailed in rural Missouri on Monday. The highway patrol said that they had no idea on the number of injured at this point, but hospitals reported receiving more than 40 patients from the crash and were expecting more. This is the second major incident in two days for the passenger railroad railroad service, the second being an Amtrak collision with a car in Northern California, also killing three. Very scary stuff. Now, moving on to WNBA star Brittany Griner, who received a vote of support from the U.S. House of Representatives this past Friday when lawmakers passed a resolution condemning her wrongful detention and demanded both the U.S. and Russian governments expedite her release. The resolution preceded an announcement Monday from a Russian court that Griner's trial will start July 1st. The court ruled that the WNBA star's detention will also be extended six months pending the outcome. It's really scary stuff there. And you can see the video uh, of that moment. You know, they you sh- they showed her in the stairwell going into the trial. And it was just so sad. I can't imagine what she's going through right now. I know. Being away from your family and your wife. Like and that, in Russia? A lot. Yeah. Which really, if you want to be honest, they're just holding her as like a, you know. Oh, she, she's a hostage. Yeah, a hostage. Yeah. That's a tool. And that was what's trending this hour. More. What's happening in entertainment news? Oh, my God. You know, Kris Jenner is keeping up with the cocktails because she's a little too wasted. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. A very boozed up Kris Jenner gave a memorable speech at her daughter, Khloe Kardashian's lavish 38th birthday party. You know, Kris, I mean, not Kris, but Khloe is the youngest out of all the sisters. Wait, what? Courtney's the oldest. Yeah, I know that. And it's Kim. And then it's Khloe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. I think this is the first time you heard that. No, I actually knew that. <laughs> I, and that, of course, is the other sisters that are younger. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're talking about Kardashians. Yes. Those are Jenners. Okay. The rest of the Continue. Siblings. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, Chloe's birthday happened. And, you know, Chris, of course, <laughs> gave a speech. Kim Kardashian made to sure made sure to get every bit of this very drunk speech. Yeah. And let me just say, it made me fall in more and more in love with Kris Jenner. Here's what she had to say. I know I'm wasted. I know I'm a little wasted. And all I want to say, and a little green, and a little green. But what I want to say is how much I am so fucking in love with you, Chloe. No, I I just want to say how much I love you, and I've had way too much to drink tonight, but we're here at the glass glass apple, and (laughs) it was so amazingly beautiful. You know, I just hope to be her age and just as drunk with tons of money. Oh, yeah. I, that's, Living that's, the life. That, that's the life. As a pretty much, you know, she built this all. Yeah. Right? She is just living it up. And I think it's, it's an life. inspiration. What a wonderful life she lives. That's your T-Report. We have more coming up next hour. Okay, well, after this, uh, we have Dr. Javier Lopez Mancayo joining us to talk about the work being done to bring light to LGBTQ healthcare ne- next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about healthcare and the um, health education in the U.S. because a lot of times doctors and physicians aren't really taught how to deal with the LGBTQ community, and that's why that education is needed more than ever before. Right? How do we create more safe, inclusive spaces in uh, the medical industry, right, so that people feel comfortable going th- to their doctors and that they'll know that they'll be treated in a humane way where they feel safe ultimately that's the word i keep saying safe now an education program was actually launched eight months ago by optum health education in partnership with outcare health and they're teaching healthcare professionals about the unique needs and disparities commonly experienced by the lgbtq plus community uh, now, producer Shelby, have you ever experienced this? I mean, as a woman, I think we we do experience these things in general sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why typically I well, I don't, everyone has their own opinion about this. Like sometimes women or cis hetero women or women in general like a female doctor versus a male doctor. Yes. But w- what are your thoughts? Even having female doctors, there's been a lot of instances of just like not feeling heard and not. Um, not listening to us I feel like so I can't even imagine I'm you know straight passing um and sometimes cis presenting so um it really just depends on on how I'm presenting and how I get um you know totally and I and I know Ryan has also talked about your experience feeling possibly uncomfortable going to the doctor as well well yeah I think healthcare is already such a a sticky situation for so many folks in marginalized communities especially if you have intersectional identities Mm -hmm. and so when it comes to that it's not something that when you're going into a health space you can really already have your um, emotions are very high your anxiety is very high and depending on what the healthcare is and how they have been trained they may be ill-equipped to even handle all the different levels of your intersectional yep. identities. Well, joining us right now is Dr. Javier Lopez Moncayo, a primary care physician with Optum located in Van Nuys and also a proud graduate of this program. Thank you for being here. Hi, good afternoon. Hi. So let's talk more about um, this. This is something that is so needed. What led to this finally happening? And is this something unique? Uh, yes, it's very unique. Uh, here in Optum, we have a, a, a big program that so far has had uh, two series of educational uh, 
I want to call it, uh, lectures. Uh, in the last eight, ten months, it started, and you know, all the staff, including providers, the doctors, uh, receptionists, nurses, uh, assistants, everybody gets to the same training uh, to make sure that everybody understands and knows and learns of how to take care of all the community. Yeah, and I, I think what's so important is to identify what these stigmas are and kind of some of the challenges, right? What are some of the effects that stigmas and discriminations can, can really have on LGBTQ plus folks? Well, a lot of them. But so first of all, we will start with negative attitude, and that leads to violence to them. Uh, a lot of them, for example, the transgender community involves in the actually supporting their uh, gender affirmation, right? Or even the engaging of HIV prevention medications or care services in general. Just for example, cancer preventive testing, um, being for example colon cancer, mammogram, another type of testing. So all of that that is part of their healthcare will be uh, at risk. Uh, so all the access that involves that is impacted by that stigma. Uh, another example will be, for example, the gay and bisexual youth that is rejected by their families. So all that part of um, population gets or have an increased risk of up to 40% of being homeless. And again, without a social uh, good medical care for them. So there's a lot of impact. Okay, so, well, I can't help but think about something that's coming up for me is, especially in the recent headlines around, like, monkeypox and, and queer folks uh, inherently kind of being attached to it when it comes to gay and bisexual men. I feel like the, in the ways that reporting about, you know, medicine and, and health issues, it really can create its own stigma within that and not even just in the, the, the practice when going to the doctor. What, what comes up for you when you think about kind of what you see in the media when it comes to, I mean, as the latest headlines, monkeypox, and how it's impacting queer folks. Uh, so, well, right now it's difficult for them to say or like actually have a, an, a statement on that because there is no big studies, there is no big uh, research in that sense to link one with the other or what type of specific population for it. Yes, there might be some cases, but, you know, it could be just incidental of what they have. So I wouldn't blame. So personally, I will not say, you know, correlate with one or the other unless we have a, in a specific big research or something like literally speaking of having linked one with the other. So what does this education look like to get, you know, you, you're accredited now and you went through it? Yes. So what we do is like um, we call it a, a educational series. It involves a, two of the main doctors here in the Optum brand and nationally, to the level to be national, uh, that they impart us, for example, educating us in pronouns, educating us in welcoming, educating us in prevention testing. Uh, so a lot of subjects that include that, the mental health, for example, uh, and is another topic. So all of the little um, caveats on how to treat a community. So the main doctors, what they do is teach us, you know, all these uh, important and uh, effectiveness of the care for them. Um, another uh, situation, for example, could be the intake forms when someone is receiving in the front desk or receptionist, you know, not being or trying to break that binary system and to make sure that include all of the alternatives, correct? So how do we get more professionals to be doing this? Like, how do we get this happening nationwide? 
So it's a step-by-step. Step. I think Optum is doing a great job educating us, all of us here. Um, and this, again, includes not only here in California, but also at level of Texas and Florida. So it's, it's, it's growing. Uh, how do we do it to everybody? Give an example. So uh, trying to reach out more to more population, specifically to uh, medical professionals to um, get to understand what important this is. Okay, well, that was Dr. Javier Lopez Mancayo uh, from Optum Health. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. Next up, why Gen Z is reconsidering sex in a post row world next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Okay, so we have Stephanie Gorlick joining us because we are talking about the ways that Gen Z literally. Um, after the wake of Roe v. Wade, um, mm-hmm. they are now swearing off all men and they are swearing off the ways that they have considered sex, especially when it comes to just having regular sex. And I think it's um, brought and up intimacy too, and yeah. intimacy and it's brought up a lot of worries. And so we had to bring back, of course, the only person we love having these conversations with is Dr. Stephanie Gorlick. Thank you so much for being back on the show. We really appreciate Always you. Always great to be here. Thank you so much. So I think, you know, it's we haven't had you on in a while, and so much has changed, it feels like. The whole world has changed since we've had you on. What was your initial reactions, and and how has your clients kind of brought in the, their worries up through this, this overturning of Roe v. Wade? I was devastated. My entire profession is centered around sexual health and encouraging sex positivity and creating an environment where sex becomes exponentially so much more high risk uh, is really just disheartening as a professional. And then, you know, as a woman, I can't help but sit with the knowledge that I am not a fully enfranchised citizen at this point. And those themes have been carrying over throughout my sessions since then. I have not had a single client that has not brought up the court ruling so far. Yeah, I'm sure. It just makes us feel like, who are we? And what, what does it mean to have our body and have our choice after something like this? What, how do you think this is going to impact the next generation? You know, we were already kind of in a, a statistical phase where, where young people were having sex less often than, than Gen X and their peers. They were already um, living at home longer. They were already dating less. I think that this is just going to magnify and amplify that. I think that for a generation that was already a little bit more isolated in terms of socializing online instead of in person and dating through websites instead of through social groups, that this knowledge that sex can be a life or death decision now is probably going to result in that being taken to an even greater extreme than we're already seeing in this young generation. Yeah, and I I think it's like, at this point, how do professionals like yourself prepare to unpack and, you know, that unpack that that now this sexual trauma that's going to be attached to this? Yeah, Yeah, and that's huge because... Not only are we are we dealing with, you know, sexual assault survivors that are having their, their options limited, but we're dealing with people who are having wanted plans for pregnancies that are now living with the uncertainty of, you know, if they have a medical complication, are they going to receive the care that they need to save their lives? 
everything about being a childbearing person or a person capable of conceiving a child has become much more fraught over the last 96 hours in a way that I don't think anybody could have prepared for. Yeah. And so how are we supposed to deal with that day to day? You know, what advice do you have? Um, Are there exercises we can do, ways to build, uh, you know, create intimacy? Because I think intimacy, as you mentioned, was already an issue. And you add these layers. And I am actually worried about the next generation or just like anyone. if, If you are already scared of connecting, this could add another level to that. Yeah, 100%. I have really been encouraging people to look at sort of the role models of the 70s in the first fight for bodily autonomy and for um, women's equality and to revisit the idea of the old school, you know, sort of consciousness raising circle. Get together a group of friends, get together people in your world that are feeling the same way you are about this. And meet up regularly, talk to each other, support one another, be present and hold space for one another. Because this is all so new that we don't really know what the future is going to hold right now. And we can envision a lot of terrifying scenarios, but we don't know how things are going to play out. So just giving space and, and creating intentional dialogue with one another fosters intimacy and also gives everyone an outlet for this fear and this concern that we're feeling right now yeah and what about just like i mean the joys of sex like i mean how do we get back we to can, that we can talk about you know hookup culture having you know being like toxic in certain ways but like also i feel like there's something about it that's that's just a part of the growing experience right and now i feel like that's being stripped away so i think we're going to be seeing a lot more conversations around outer course around foreplay, around um, non-penetrative sexual practices. Mm. People are going to be looking for pleasure and looking for intimacies in ways that keep their bodily integrity safe. And I think that we're going to start seeing that take a form that goes beyond just safe sex. Um, and, and I'm curious about what the future holds in that respect. From that perspective, it might be a good thing because I do have clients with disabilities or clients with differing libidos and being able to kind of redefine and recontextualize what sexual pleasure looks like might not be a terrible thing. That might be a positive outcome from all of this. Well, with that, um, and we love your perspective, tell us about your new book. You've got to plug it before you leave. <laughs> So my next book is Kink Affirming Practice. It comes out July 29th, and it is available for pre-order everywhere. It's the birthday gift that keeps on giving, literally on my birthday. It's like you and Beyonce are just giving me my birthday gifts forever, and I'm so happy about it. You deserve it. Oh, thank you so much. Dr. Stephanie Garlick, sex and relationships focused kink affirming therapist. Again, check out her book coming out very soon. And she also has another book out, The Leather Couch, Clinical Practice with Kinky Clients. All your kink related needs. Thank you again. Next up, what Carson Daly says could save your relationship after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Carson Daly is revealing sleep advice that could save your relationship. Who knew Carson Daly was like... 
the he's guru. He's most definitely not. <laughs> well, he's actually been coming out to talking about his anxiety recently and a lot of his own personal experiences. That doesn't make him a guru just because he's sharing his experience. That was exactly what I was saying. He wasn't a guru, but I applaud his vulnerability. Yeah. So he revealed, according to this interview with People, and it's now making the rounds right now, that... Uh, Alfie did an interview with him today. Oh, yes. On, with Today, I saw that. He revealed that he and his wife, Siri... Daily, not like Siri, you know. Uh, we're getting divorced, but sleep only, a sleep only divorce. When they were expecting their fourth child, Carson said at the time that they realized that something wasn't working and they decided to start sleeping apart starting actually in 2019. And his wife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he revealed more on the Today Show. This is why this is coming up uh, that he introduced the Scandinavian sleep method. It's quickly rising in popularity. Scandinavians have some of the best sleep quality. Sounds like something we're co-opting. But aren't Scandinavians white, so really, whatever. Do whatever you want. Google. I don't... We shouldn't make any assumptions. Um, but basically, uh, they... Um, those he are the goes, type of people that Carson, Trump likes. Carson explains you have your own comforters, duvets. Studies have actually found that sleeping with the same blanket can result in more interrupted sleep. So this isn't like a sleep divorce you're sleeping in different rooms. Is you're in the same room, but you have separate beds. Like me, And then I'm thinking you put the beds together so you're close. No. But you have your you own space. You don't put the beds together. No, meaning they're too like... You add space. It's like two, sleeping in two twin beds. You could put the two in beds together so you have your own sheets. No. So you're next to each other, but That's you're on your own bed. That's the opposite. You have to be in completely two different beds so you have your you, own That's space what I just said. You're on two room. different beds, but you're squished but together. But squish them together. And you have, there needs to be space I, in between them. I think the Scandinavian method can work in both ways. No, that... And that's the whole that now that ladies and gentlemen and they them's is just how co-opting works. You can't just make new rules to a to a, a thing that is like in years in placement, being like, oh, we can still put it it's together. Inspired. The whole thing is a. <laughs> it's inspired. Yeah. No. But, all right. So here's the thing. No. Would you be into this? No. Well, yes. Actually, I rather, to be honest, I don't know if I ever want to live with my partner. I want to be like Gwen Stefani, not Gwen Stefani, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, they already moved in, babe. They already moved in. They started their marriage. A year. A year. That's beautiful. Yeah, because they had different families and kids. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually beautiful. Whoopi Goldberg says she never wants to live with a a partner that she's with again. I think that's great. Experiencing lives by yourselves and then coming together when you need to is so beautiful to me. I agree. I have been apart. You don't with agree my... because you are so codependent. With no, Chris. I actually, it's actually very healthy for the first time. For we're living apart for the first few years of our relationship. I mean, it's almost like the, the situation forced it, but it's actually a really good thing. Whereas, yeah, in the past, I'd be it. with someone for like a year or so, she and then Elise would run up. She's acting like this, and this then like Elise would thing. run up, and then she we would move. Hated in. it. She caused arguments. Here's the thing. She was like, "I miss you." Ryan likes to uh, ruffle feathers. You hated it. Hated. I'm in the. I'm still doing it. I know, but you hated it in the beginning. There. Yeah, because it was difficult. I'm just saying it was difficult because I acknowledge the difficultness. Let me explain. (laughs) It's because we were with uh, during COVID together, so we were hanging out a lot, and then you go to the extreme of like stopping to do that. That was hard because then we didn't see each other a lot. Then I got used to it as behavior works. See, people appreciate hearing that versus the flowers of it all. Huh? I was sharing it. I wasn't holding it back. I'll wrap this up. Thank you. I'm going to Scandinavian sleep with you. You don't deserve to be in my bed. I don't want to be. <laughs> all right. Well, next up on the show, more
more of this. And top of the hour news. Uh, Kamala Harris is responding to AOC saying that abortion clinics should be put on federal land. We'll share what she actually said next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. And guess what? We've got more music coming up on Channel Q, obviously. And right now we're getting into more of Let's Go There. We're talking about today's January 6th hearing. It was pretty sudden and the major advancements that came from it. The bombshells that were captured during the hearing and then being too nice is it hurting you we dive in in 30 minutes it hurts so bad to be so nice i mean (laughs) let's get into some what's trending this hour right now vp kamala harris said that monday that the white house isn't currently exploring the possibility of opening abortion clinics on federal lands in states that have banned the procedure it's an idea that progressives including AOC have begun pitching. Here is Harris. I think that what is most important right now is that we ensure that the restrictions that the states are trying to put up um, that would prohibit a woman from exercising what we still maintain is her right, that we do everything we can to empower women to not only seek but to receive the care where it is available. Is a federal land uh, one of those options? I mean, it's not right now what we are discussing, but I will say that when I think about what is happening in terms of the states, we have to also recognize, Dana, that we are 130-odd days away from an election. The VP also reaffirmed, yeah, I mean, to say, like, let's focus on the election. Obviously, you need to vote, but there needs to be something done right now. It's political gaslighting. Let's call it what it is. Thank you very much. The VP also reaffirmed that the Biden administration is opposed to any states attempting to punish people for helping a patient travel to another state for an abortion. And she added that the Justice Department will challenge those laws in court. Jelaine Maxwell, remember her? Well, she's been sentenced to 20 years in prison for carrying out a scheme that lasted years with Jeffrey Epstein to sexually abuse underage girls. Yes, Queen. Yes. She deserves that. Yes, Queen is for her going rotting mean, in jail because she needs to. Disgusting little thinger. It was. It's pretty bad. She She's was convicted gross. in December of five counts, including sex trafficking Horrible. of a minor, Horrible. transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, and a bunch of conspiracy. The worst. She, uh, How do you do something like that? Uh, yeah, she did not testify in her defense during the trial. But she did speak in court to the victims today before the sentence was handed down, saying, I am sorry for the pain you've experienced. I hope this day would bring a terrible... I hope this day would bring a terrible chapter to the end. May this day help you travel from darkness into the light. Girl, I would have punched her in her mouth. I mean, just don't say anything. No. Or do you just say, I'm sorry? Like, what do you say? Like, don't talk to me. Yeah. Now, some Texas abortion clinics can, for now, resume normal operations without the threat of criminal prosecution under a temporary restraining order granted by Judge Christine Weems. She issued an order during a hearing in a lawsuit filed on behalf of abortion providers across the state. The order applies only to those uh, providers behind the lawsuit. But that's some decent news coming out of Texas, considering everything. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, well, let's talk about... A new movie that's dropping. Okay. The first trailer for Hocus Pocus 2 has arrived. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. And let me just tell you, this little teaser trailer 
is absolutely iconic, and I really want to play it, and so I think I'm going to play it. Are you ready for, for it? it? Well, I'm just waiting for the computer to load, you know? That's just, we're on this dial-up internet, we're back in the 1950s, and here it is. Well, I kind of want to cut into the end of it, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, really good. Like, it's a really good trailer. Like, it's, it's doing exactly what you would want it to do. Here is... The first teaser trailer for Hocus Pocus 2. Hey, it's the Sanderson sisters. I bet you're looking for the stage. Always. And you see, like, the first of all, you see Um, them and they look like they haven't aged in forever, even with all the prosthetics. They look like they've literally. Well, they were looked old with the prosthetics. Well, they didn't look old. They They were witches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got the point. I know what I'm happy there's a new one because I'm not the type of person, like, at a certain point, I can't rewatch everything year after year. I need something new. Well, first of all, Hocus Pocus is a queer icon movie, so it's not really for you. Of course. It's for the queers. Only the um, new Yes, it is. It is Only literally you. a queer staple movie. Is it am I lying, producer Shelby? No. Thank you. I feel like a lot of Halloween movies are are just simply queer yeah. folk. Like it's we connect to that holiday. Mm-hmm. Me too. Somehow. Boo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um this Fine. Mo- this- I'm gonna let go of all the things I love. You should actually. Um, so this uh, new movie, you're asking how they're going to do the sequel. A new group of high school students light the black flame candle, resurrecting 17th century witches, um, Winifred, Mary, and Sarah Sanders. And, of course, um, the sequel hits Disney Plus on September 30th, 2022. And I'm super excited about it because my girl from uh, Gossip Girl, uh, Whitney Peake, is going to be in the movie. That's your T-Report. Head over to WeAreChannelQ.com to check out any of the stories that we have covered from headlines to T-Reports. You know what? I'm just so excited about it. <laughs> oh, now you're excited about it? After ra- like literally ranting about, oh, I don't want to watch the same movie over and over again. No, I said now that there's a new one, I'm down to watch it. Wow. Didn't you hear what I was saying? Yeah, but oh, I'll, watch it. I'll watch it all the time. Even the first one, I do. Great. Give them more royalties, residuals, whatever. It's not about the money, capitalist. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, we're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one goes to a ninth grader in Mission, Texas. We know that's not an easy place to live. Who's bringing a queer youth conference to his rural hometown after winning a $10,000 grant from the nonprofit It Gets Better Project. Oh, yay. This uh, person's name is Mars Gamas, and he said that he was inspired to apply for one of the LGBTQ advocacy groups, 50 States, 50 Grants, 5,000 Voices Initiative. And how old is he? He is a ninth grader, 14 years old, wow. young, yeah. 14, I was writing in my journal about how much I hated life, and he's applying for grants. There you go. Absolutely beautiful. Well, he learned about it from his club advisor, and he saw the program advertised online, which shows how important it is to have teachers that support the community and how that can inspire others to, to do their thing and, and help other people in their community. It's a domino effect. So we're really proud of this 14-year-old for doing that and doing something really great for everyone. I mean, a queer youth conference so needed right now to come together. Mm-hmm. And that is our Yes Queen yes, of the Day. Yes Queen. Yes. Hey, queen. double, double trouble here. And that also does it for our show today. Oh, my... God, happy Monday. I'm never sure if I should say, oh my God, oh my gosh. I mean, it depends on who you believe in. 
Do you think it's blasphemous for you to say God? No, I'm just trying to be, I guess, somewhat respectful. To who? <laughs> just make sure it's all good. You are the only person that worries about being PC when there's literally no reason to worry about being PC. Well, that wraps up our show for the second time today. I wonder what's coming up next, producer Shelby. We are talking about this Brittany Griner case and how... First of all, uh, Crazy she... Crazy it is? It's never yeah. ending. It's so sad. Uh, yeah. Her four months. S- her sentence was extended six months, and wow. her trial hasn't even started yet. It starts on the first. So um, we'll be talking about that tomorrow for sure, because it is just bonkers. Yeah, more media needs to be covering this, as we know. So you can expect that right here on Let's Go There. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay and have a beautiful rest of the day. Yep, stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. Bye! Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 